Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me this morning. So good to see you, and thank you for being here on Father's Day. It is right to honor fathers and mothers because the Bible says that our days may live long on the earth if we honor, right? And it's a very special day. Let's pray together. Father, we're so grateful to be in your presence, and we're thankful for what we feel today, the excitement, the worship, the praise, and Lord, our hearts are turned towards you, and let our ears be open, our heart receptive. We ask it in Jesus' holy name, amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. One young boy was asked, what's the difference between Mother's Day and Father's Day? Well, he pondered the question, and he said, uh, well, you know, Mother's Day and Father's Day are kind of like you just spend more money on Mother's Day than you do on Father's Day. And there's a lot of truth to that, right? If I were to ask you what is the last word in the Old Testament, you may or may not know. And let me read it to you. This is from Malachi chapter 4. And let me read 4, 5, and 6. Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and the judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will, re- he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. So the last word in the Old Testament is what? curse. Now let me ask you this question. What is the first prophetic word by a father in the New Testament? Well, it's by Zechariah. Remember, he and Elizabeth couldn't have children, and all of a sudden the angel comes and speaks to uh, uh, Zacharias. You're going to have a son, name him John. And the first word prophetically spoken by a father is the word blessed. It's the contrast between what? The curse and the Blessing, how many of you would rather have the blessing? Now, I prefer the blessing than the curse. Obviously, all of us would. But one of the ways that we're blessed is by fathers taking the rightful place, by men taking the rightful place. In today's culture, both not only socially but domestically, men have been emasculated because they're not fulfilling their God-given roles. And if we don't watch it, we will step into that, and most men have done that by just doing it, capitulating their own positions. Now, it's going to get really quiet in here, but how many would help me preach today? Okay, that's not enough. Let me talk to this group over here. How many of you would help me preach today? Because in many homes, children and the wives are running the show. Oh, goodness gracious God, give me grace. Now, some of that is necessary because men have abdicated their responsibility. So, ladies, you're trying to do the best you can. But some men have just done that on their own because culture's against you, society's against you. And, and I, I just want to say this, is we are in an environment where men, you're having a difficult time. But still, God wants you to step up and fulfill your role. But when men do not fulfill their God-given role, dysfunction and chaos results. And we're seeing that in our society even this very day. So therefore, men matter. Say that with me. Men matter. In the beginning, God created Adam. 
out of his own image from the dust of the earth to be the image bearer of God. So men, listen, I know women are created from our side, but you are the image bearer of God. Not only physically do we look kind of like God, right? When Jesus arrived, he looked like us because we look like him, right? But by characteristic and, and by qualities, we should be the image bearer of Almighty God. And let me tell you why that is important. Listen as I read. About 25 to 30% in America, children have no father in the home. Now, this is not just a biological father. This is an adoptive father. This is maybe a uh, stepfather. And many of America's social ills and problems are the result of a father or a man not being in the home. You say, well, okay, you're just pulling out of the air. Okay, heads up, 90% of homelessness and runaway children are from a fatherless home. 80% of the rapists that are motivated by anger comes from a fatherless home. 71% of pregnant teenagers lack a father. 63% of youth suicides are from a fatherless home. 85% of children who exhibit behavioral disorders are from fatherless homes. 90% of adolescents that are arsonists live in a fatherless home. 71% of high school dropouts come from a fatherless home. 75% of adolescent patients that are in chemical or alcohol abuse centers come from a fatherless home. 70% of juveniles in a state-operated institution have no father. 85% of young people who are in prison grew up in a fatherless home. How many of you know that is startling? And I didn't make these up. This is actually the statistics. So do men matter? Yes. Do fathers matter? Yes. So guys, check up from the neck up. You matter. You're important. And what you do not only affects your family, but it affects our communities all around us. You know, I'm looking at the district attorney over here. I, I, you know, I, I look at police officers to my left. Let me tell you, if we had some dads at home would take care of the problem before it got out there, we would be better. I, I told this story in the early service. How many of you can remember when Monday night football first started? Okay, if you raise your hand, you're old. But I can remember when there was no Monday night football. And I remember the first time we had a season with Monday Night Football, I went with some of my friends to a friend's house to watch Monday Night Football. Now, Monday night's a school night, and so uh, Monday Night Football doesn't get over at 8.30 or 9. You know, it, it could be 10, 10.30, 11 o'clock, depending on the game. So I stayed till the entire game was over, and we lived way out in the country. So I'm driving home, and about five miles from our house, I passed my dad on the country road. He was not out for a late drive. He was looking for me. And I stopped in the road. We rolled the windows down. Where you been? You know, the, the whole conversation. So I, I got home. Listen, if we had some dads that were looking for the kids where they should be, if we had some dads and moms grabbing some riders by the ear, dragging their butts home from the streets, we would be better off in America 
our law enforcement wouldn't have to deal with it. It would be dealt with in the home. I deserve a better amen than that. It's so true. Deuteronomy chapter 6, most of you know verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. But I want you to listen to the verses that come after that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. There are five key words here I want to share with you. Now, each one has a different little connotation and meaning here. The first one is impress. Say that with me. Impress. Now, let's all say it. Impress. Impress, if you impress something, it, it, it takes some pressure. Right? How many of you were ever impressed growing up from this angle? Anybody impressed here from that angle? Sure. See, impress means you have to apply some pressure, and once you impress something, then there is the remaining of that image. <laughs> Anybody have some images from impressing? Y'all are so holy. Oh, I do. Let me tell you, my dad was in the first service. He heard the message. He didn't say anything after it's over, but let me tell you, he was an impressing kind of guy. Impress. So the Bible says you need to impress this upon them. Talk about this. The third one is walk this out because it's not enough to talk it. You have to walk it. Don't just do as I say, do as I do. So listen, dads, listen, men, we, we've got to just not talk about this. We've got to walk this walk. We've got to walk it every day. Are you going to make some mistakes? Absolutely. Did I make some mistakes fathering? Sure I did. Would I do it different in some cases? Yes, I would. But here's the case. Do the best you can. Impress it. Talk about it. Walk it out. Tie and bind. Say that with me. Tie and bind. Listen, we just don't want a surface thing. We want to bind this to our kids. We want to bind this in our family. We want this to make a difference. And then the last one, he said, write. Write it. Now, I'm not asking you to go write some love letter or, or some big uh, novel. But there's a thing that we call texting. Anybody ever text? Okay. Anybody, anybody ever text something you wish you could get back? <laughs> I was looking at some guy. So his wife had an image of a, a new dress. And I just thought about this. It won't cost you anything extra. Anyway, his wife sent a picture. She was in a new dress. And uh, how many of you know sometimes your text message will change on you? So he, he is texting wow, and it came out moo. Not good. Okay. But do you realize how wonderful it is just to take your phone and to text your kids, your grandkids, and say, hope you're having a great day. I'm proud of you. Good job. Great grades. Listen, just three words, four words, five words. 
will make somebody's day. Listen, impress it, talk it, walk it, tie it, bind it, write it. You and I can can communicate what God says here in Deuteronomy chapter 6. He says, love God with your heart, impress it, talk it, walk it, bind it, write it, so we can get the message out, so our families, our kids, our grandkids can come to the point where they realize the love of God and your love too. So if we do that, it's going to make a big, big impression and really change things for the better. Since about 1895, we've had professional baseball. But about 1990, something happened in Major League Baseball that had never, ever happened before. Have you ever heard of Ken Griffey Sr.? He was on the World Series champion team, Cincinnati Reds. And then he had a son that came up, Ken Griffey Jr. So in the last years of Ken Griffey Sr., he went to the uh, Seattle Mariners to play baseball. Well, the Mariners picked up a new player, and his name was Ken Griffey Jr. So father and son, at the end of senior's uh, baseball career, are on the same team in Seattle. They're playing L.A., and senior, Ken Griffey Sr., he gets up, and he's at bat. He hits a home run over the left field fence. Who's the next batter? Ken Griffey Jr. He gets up. He hits a home run in almost the very same spot of his father. So Griffey has already run the bases, senior. His son gets up, hits a home run right behind him. So the first one that met Junior at the plate was Ken Griffey, senior. So when Junior is telling this story, he said, my dad's the first one at the plate. He, he, I come around, he's there, and he says, that's the way to do it, son. Now, wouldn't it be great if we could have a whole bunch of fathers and, and, and uh, husbands and men to look down at the next generation and say, hey, that's the way to do it right there. I mean, let me, let me give you the example. Let me give you the pattern. Watch me do it. You do it. Hey, son, that is the way to do it. I guarantee you, our life would be so much better. Our world would be so much better. Our community would be if we could just learn something from the generation that went before us, if it's a good example, a good pattern. One day, a father and a son, small kid, they're out in a boat, they're fishing. And the son says, Dad, he said, how does this boat stay afloat on the water? He said, I don't rightly know, son. He said, Dad, how come the sky's blue? Son, I, I, I'm not for sure why the sky's blue. Dad, I, I noticed the rain clouds, and some of them are dark, and I know there's a lot of water up in those uh, those clouds, how do those clouds float in the air when they have that much water in them? He says, son, I'm not for sure. Don't really know how that works. That, why, why do fish breathe underwater? How can they breathe underwater? Son, I'm not for sure. And he said, dad, are you getting tired of me asking all these questions? He said, son, how do you ever learn anything unless you ask questions? But how many of you know we need to be learning from one another? We need to pass on the wisdom. We need to pass on the knowledge. We need to pass on the example, the spiritual heritage, the Word of God, your, your spiritual life. Listen, um, I, I know this personally. You know this personally. Your children will not ever do 100% of everything you want them to do. How many would say amen to that? They may disappoint you. 
Y'all are so holy. They may go awry for a little bit. They may make some mistakes. But I'll guarantee you, the things that you live, you talk, you example, will live on in their life. There'll be a legacy there. So today, we as fathers, we need to continue that on. Not only just our life, but a godly example of our life that will give God the glory. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Joel chapter 1. Now, Joel is a minor prophet, and he's going to, in his little book, declare the judgment and the blessings of God. Now, one of the things we have to realize is that we communicate the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? There are good things from God. Sometimes there's the judgment of God. In Joel chapter 1, verse 2, Hear this, you elders, give ear all inhabitants of the land. Has such a thing happened in your days or in the days of your fathers? Look at verse 3. Tell your children of it. Let your children tell their children and their children to another generation. You see this? It goes from the elders to the fathers to their children to the children's children to the children's children. Listen, we're about three or four generations beyond. You can influence generations of your family, generations in the church, generations of believers, of family members, by sharing what God is doing and what God has done. Now, the first part of this is judgment. He talks about the locusts coming and eating the crops and drought. Do you remember that, that passage? Now, why is that happening? Because when you forget God, listen up, when you forget God or you put something in the place of God, bad things are going to happen. And we think we're going to avoid that. We think we're the only generation, we're the only people who are going to say, well, that's not going to apply to me. Listen up. If you don't walk in the ways of the Lord, bad things are going to happen in your life. And, and let me tell you what's worth. Bad things after you die is going to happen, right? But also, if we walk in the way of God, good things will happen. Now, this is what he says. You need to tell that to your kids. Your kids need to tell that to their kids. Their kids need to tell it to their kids. Let, let's keep this going. Because we get on over into Joel, this is what the Lord said. In the last days, saith the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So it's not just the bad things of judgment, but it's the good things of the blessing and the spirit of God in our lives. We need to share that also. Can I hear an amen? So we need to tell the good things of God and the blessed things of God. A single mother is raising a son, and uh, this son is about to become a father himself. He asked the question, what, what, what does a father do, Mom? Because he was raised without a dad. Her dad died when she was nine years old. So think about this. From nine years old on, she doesn't have a father in the home. He's raised without a father in the home. And this is what she said to her son that's about to be a father. Son, what I remember is that fathers bring the car around when it's raining so everyone can stay dry. They take family pictures, which is why they're seldom in the picture themselves. They carve turkeys at Thanksgiving. They put gas in the car. They're not afraid to go down into the basement. They mow the lawn. They tuck you into bed. They read you a story. Now, this is from a memory of a nine-year-old girl. You know what she's saying? This is what I remember my father doing before he was gone. So what we have to understand is the importance the value, the influence of a dad, of a man, 
in the life of children so we can continue on the good things that we should be sharing with our families. This morning, if you have a pencil and paper, your phone, your iPad, whatever you have, I want to give you four quick things on how to bless your father. Four quick things on how to bless your father. Now, you may be saying today, well, my father's already gone on to be with the Lord. He's not here anymore. Or you may say, I didn't have a good father. I, I, I was in an abusive uh, uh, relationship with my dad, emotionally, physically, whatever it is. But I tell you what, if we can honor our fathers, there's a blessing in it. Your days will be longer. Sometimes when it's an adversarial relationship or a difficult relationship, you kind of have to do it from arm's length. You have to do the best you can, right? Because not all fathers are perfect, and fathers make mistakes. So here's number one. How do I bless my father? You appreciate his efforts. Say that with me. You appreciate his efforts. He's not perfect, but if he's trying, appreciate it. Ladies, if you're, you're married to a father, appreciate him. Because things happen, there are challenges, and we need to appreciate the effort of our dads, of our fathers, they're trying to do something positive. Here, here's the second thing. Show honor and respect. Show honor and respect. For a man, honor and respect are huge. If you want to shut down a man, dishonor him, disrespect him, and he'll emotionally begin to shut down. I mean, I know that personally. Because God put within us this value of being honored and respected, we don't, we don't receive that, or we are disenfranchised with that honor and respect, it's very difficult for us to get over that. Now, how can I honor and respect my father, my stepfather, my adoptive father, whatever, your father figure? Well, the first thing is you have to be obedient. How many of you know discipleship, the first part of discipleship is discipline. So we want to honor them by obedience. And for all the young people here, I know it's difficult. We all lived it, but obedience is huge. So obedience is one way. Be careful how you speak to him. Be very careful how you speak to him. Because the way we speak to him shows honor and respect. Be aware of the tone of your voice. Because most of verbal communication is not just what we say, it's how we say it. The, the physical um, nonverbal way we say it and then the selection of your words are very important and let me tell you why I say that Solomon the wisest man who ever lived Proverbs 25 11 he said this a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver so it's like a a very precious part of jewelry so you have these fashion golden apples in settings of silver and he says when someone speaks a word fitly spoken it's like that how many of you have ever heard somebody didn't speak right or use the wrong word or the wrong term? And when you do that, you diminish that honor and respect and it doesn't come across like you should. Here's the third way we honor our fathers. Do not dismiss his feelings. And I want you to say that with me. Do not dismiss his feelings. Men have feelings. I know that blows your mind. Men do have feelings. When Bandy showed me the video that we started with, and the only thing that's really said in that video is dad, 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 dad. In every scenario, you got the picture. 
I'm in trouble, Dad. I need you, Dad. I love you, Dad. I'm going to play with you, Dad. Uh, you know, wh whatever you saw on the screens. Men do have emotions. I, uh, I referred to earlier today the movie, I think it's Stepmom with uh, Susan Sarandon and Julie Roberts, is that right? Where there is a, a, a new mom, stepmom coming in with a new husband and the kids and, and the, the other mom uh, is uh, dealing with cancer. And somewhere in between that relationship, those two ladies got together. How many of you remember the movie? It is a tear jerker. So I, asked, I watched the movie, and I tell you what, my emotions just really rose in that movie. So I asked my brother, my, my big, you know, rough brother, played Division I football. I said, Steve, have you ever watched the movie Stepmom? And this is what he told me. <laughs> I love it. He said, I didn't watch it with the family. <laughs> he said, I waited till everyone went to bed. I got in the living room, I turned the television on, I got a box of Kleenexes, and he said, I cried like a baby. But he didn't want everybody to see it. Men do have emotions. Don't dismiss their feelings. Because let me tell you, when you dismiss their feelings with words like this, well, you ought to get over it, or I can't believe you're upset about that. Well, I, I can't really understand why this bothers you. Hey, if it does, it does. So, so don't dismiss their feelings. Try to understand. Talk it out. How does this make you feel? What, what, what can I do to help? And here's the fourth thing. How do I bless my father? Encourage him in difficult times. Listen, there's difficult times in finances. I can attest to this. You can. When I'm raising my family and my boys, sometimes there was more month than money. And I'm trying to make ends meet, or there's trouble at work, or with the car, or with the house, or with mom, or with one of the kids. You see, God understands we're going to go through some challenges. We're going to go through some difficulties, and you need to encourage him because this is what he's feeling. I need to be the provider here. I need to be the one to fix it here. And that's why, ladies, you get upset with us because you want us to listen and we want to fix it. Have you ever said this to your husband? I'm not asking you to fix it. I just want you to listen to me. Okay, ladies, that was a good time for you to amen. But anyway, <laughs> it's still true. We are fix-it guys. We want to provide. We want to protect you. And sometimes when we are faced with those challenges, then we just would like a little encouragement through those very difficult times. Uh, whether your father is living or your father is uh, somewhere else or you don't have that great relationship, everyone has two fathers. You have an earthly father and you have a heavenly father. One is very flawed, the other one is perfect. So no matter who your dad is, He's flawed. But you have a heavenly father you can look to and still find that direction, that quality, that characteristic. And listen, in the Old Testament, that fatherhood of God is kind of veiled. We don't see it a lot under the Old Covenant. David in the Psalms addresses it just a little bit. Isaiah probably addresses it more in the Old Testament. He would say things like this, 9 and 6 of Isaiah, talking about his name is Wonderful. Wonderful. 
Counselor, Mighty God, what? Everlasting Father. So we have a hint of the fatherhood of God in the Old Testament, but really it's Jesus, when we get into the New Testament, that talks about the fatherhood of God. And when we pray, he says, when you pray, pray like this, Our Father which are in heaven. So most references to God as our Father doesn't appear in the Old Covenant. It appears in the New Covenant. And now we have this concept of God as our Father. So listen, guys, your example is what? Your heavenly Father. Now, so what does that look like to us? Well, it's how we love. It's how we discipline. It's how we correct. It's how we provide. It's how we lead. So we look to the characteristics and the qualities of God. So therefore, that's how we operate, right? Or dads, that's how we roll. Because we have an example and we should follow that example. So men, listen. You matter. Dads, you matter. Our cities, our, our county, our church needs men. And one of the things that's been said many times about Ray of Hope when people walked in here, gee, it's amazing how many men are in this church. Because historically in churches, it's primarily women, not men. But let me tell you something. You can be a godly, godly man and still be a man. Just because you father a child doesn't mean you're a father. Just because you're male doesn't mean you're a man. Goodness gracious, just look on television. We got some of the wimpiest characters, just makes me sick. We need some real man. We need some godly man, spiritual man who know how to pray who know how to bring their family to the house of God, know how to prioritize the kingdom of God, knows how to call on the name of Jesus. That's the kind of man we need. I recently heard Tom Mullins tell the story. He was visiting a couple, and he said one of the fathers of this couple was uh, in the military, and he was one of the men who stormed the beach on D-Day in France, in Normandy. So they're listening to them tell the story of their dad. And they go in and they bring out his helmet, the metal helmet that he wore on D-Day. And the back of that helmet was painted solid red. And they said, here's the story. While he was on ship, before they got on the landing craft, he found some bright red paint. And he painted from about the top of the helmet all the way to the back. He painted the helmet solid bright red. And when he's getting on the landing craft, one of his superior officers said, You shouldn't have done that. You just put yourself as a target for the enemy to shoot you. He said, Listen, it's on my back, not on my front. But this is what I want to do. When I hit that beach and I'm moving my men forward... I want them to be able to identify me and follow me in this battle. Men, you need some red paint on your helmet. You and I need to put some red paint there so our family, our kids, 
the kids in this church, the kids in this community, other men can follow us as we go through the battle. How many of you know this is a battle? This is spiritual warfare. And men, you are at the top of the rank of this battle. Fathers, listen very closely. You and I need to take up the mantle. We need to take up the charge. We need to prioritize God. We need to make sure we're leading our families, leading our children the right way, God's way, and we need to show up. We don't need to be absent. We don't need to be AWOL. So guys, let's rally. Let's get together. Let's do what God wants us to do because this is important and men really do matter. And we need you. Amen? Stand with me this morning. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you were encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.